welcome Grandview family and friends. He is risen. He is risen indeed. We're here to celebrate Resurrection Sunday. Two events happened this past week that I want to make you aware of. Uh, earlier this week, a child was riding their bike through our parking lot, and I went out to get the mail. He stopped me, and from a distance, he kind of shouted, Are you praising the Lord today? It, it, it took me back. But I realized it was a God-ordained reminder that in all of this, God is to be praised. So I ask you today, are you praising the Lord today for all that he's doing in your life? Secondly, Dick and Betty Huxima celebrated 69 years of marriage this past week. Now, Betty, in talking with her, said she wants to go to 70. Why? Because she wants to have a party. And so would you just pray a blessing over them as, and congratulate them as they celebrate 69 years of marriage together? Let's open in a word of prayer. Father, thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for the ways that you remind us of your goodness in our lives. Would you just use this message to encourage each person who hears and deepen their understanding of the reality of the resurrection? Thank you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. What a global pro uh, crisis we find ourselves in. We're practicing social distancing. Many of us either now know someone who has either had the virus, who's with the virus. We even now know people who have passed away from the virus. And it is a struggle for all of us to deal with COVID-19. We're each struggling with our own unusual levels of loneliness, anxiety, loss, and the resulting grief in each one of us. I, I miss each one of you. I miss Rob and Amy's speak, uh, singing back behind me before the, the message, and I have to say to Amy, good luck. I miss seeing Kevin in the balcony. I, I miss Van speaking back to me in the middle of the sermon. I, I miss all of you who anchor the back pews Sunday after Sunday, and you keep the place anchored down with your attendance. You know, back then, on that first weekend after Passover, the disciples were grieving the loss of their teacher, their companion, and their Lord. They were practicing social isolation due to the Roman and Jewish authorities and all that had gone on with the crucifixion. They needed to know the presence and also the power of God, just like we do now. So as I thought about Easter, as I thought about our current global crisis, my mind began to fix on one particular phrase of a familiar passage. And the, and the phrase was the power of his resurrection. Now what does that mean? And how can it help us today? 
We're going to look at a number of passages, so if you would pull out your Bible or your, your device, whatever you're going to use, because I want you to see these passages for yourself. The first one I want you to see is Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. And I've put it on the screen here for you. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Now, this whole process is based upon the power of his resurrection. And this word power, which are many different Greek words, but in this particular case, it's a display of divine, supernatural ability. And we're going to see that throughout all the passages we're going to look at today. This whole process of knowing him and the power of his resurrection starts by knowing Christ. And to know Christ is to, this word here is to know by experience. It has firsthand knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. It's, it's not knowing about someone. It's not knowing facts about them. We all know facts about many people. But this is to know someone personally. They could call you by your first name, and you could call them by their first name. So the question this morning that we have to ask and answer is, do you know Jesus Christ? Not about him, not many facts about him and his life, but do you know him personally? Does he know your name personally because you have placed your faith in him as your savior from sin? And if you have, you know him and you know you know him. But there are some who are probably watching on this Easter Sunday and saying, I know all about him. And that's a great place to start to know some of the facts. But you need to know him personally. So I challenge you to place your faith, to place your trust in him as your savior from sin. But this whole idea of to know him and the power of, the res of his resurrection is more than just going to heaven when I die. But I believe many believers, too many believers, settle for this level of expectation and impact upon their life. That I don't need to worry about the details because I'm going to be taken to heaven when I die. The resurrection of Jesus Christ and the power that raised him from the dead has great ramifications for us living today. Turn with, you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. And in this passage, it says, And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Jesus will raise us up by his power. We will experience one day our own bodily resurrection just like him. And this resurrection of our body shows that God has a plan for these bodies someday. Because our bodies have eternal significance to the Father. This gives us hope that we will not spend more time here than necessary. When our time is over, we'll be taken to be with 
Jesus Christ. The next passage I want you to look at is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. And it says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This passage speaks of regeneration. That's a very fancy theological term. It means born again or born anew. This process which began at the resurrection is the commencement and the culmination and the continuation of new life in each one of us. It's this living hope that speaks about here that God gives and it rests on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is, again, a living hope because our Savior is alive. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is a demonstration of God's divine power over death. That's 1 Peter 1.3. Turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 4, verses 24, the second half, and verse 25. It will be counted to us who believed in him who raised him from the dead, Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. So to fill in the blank in your outline if you're following along, Romans 4.25 ensures our justification. Another big theological term, but these are important. This word justification, God declares that he has approved the Christ's work of redemption on our behalf. Therefore, think about this, because we are justified, there's no penalty for sin yet to pay. There's no wrath, there's no guilt, there's no punishment. Judgment has forever passed us because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, God was affirming through the resurrection Jesus' work on our behalf. It ensures that our right standing before God is now settled. We now are at peace with God because Christ is now our standing. So his resurrection ensures our justification. Turn with me, if you would, as well, to Romans chapter 6, verses 4 through 14. And it's a long passage, and I have it on the screens for you. And follow along if you would. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So to fill in the blank before we go on, our walk of new life. Jesus' death and now resurrection, because he has life, we now have new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. 
we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For the one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all of us. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but, pre but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. What is Paul saying here in Romans 6? We are no longer under the dominating influence of sin any longer. Christ's death and now resurrection has broken the chains of sin in our life. We no longer have to say yes to sin. We now have God's power in us because of the resurrection to say no. We now have more victories over sin available. We now have sanctification to grow into. We have more ability to defeat temptation. We can now lead a holy life. We now have power for ministry and obedience, all because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In verse 12, he asks us to make a decisive act of self-dedication of our lives for God. So my question is, have you made that decision? This is not salvation. This is understanding the truths of this passage and to say, God, I now understand you want to use my body and my life as your minister here on earth. I now give you my life to do that. Turn, if you would, next to Ephesians chapter 1. Verses 19 to 23. And what you're going to see in this passage is, is that resurrection power defies Satan's power. Ephesians 1.19. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all. 
See, the same power that's working in Jesus Christ to raise from the dead is now working in us. The power of death has been broken by the resurrection power. The power of Satan has been broken by the resurrection power. And Jesus Christ in this passage has gained lordship over all creation by his obedience to the Father, which led him to the cross. And finally, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 6. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, in we, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. See, the resurrection of Jesus Christ positions us presently where Christ is. Where Christ is at the right hand of the throne of God, we are now also at the right hand of the throne of God. This is a spiritual experience. God has already raised us up to this new type of life. And since Christ, and since God enabled Christ to do these things physically, it should help us understand and believe that God wishes to do it for us as well. So what does this mean for us individually and corporately? The resurrection is crucial to our faith. If there was no resurrection, there would be no Christian faith. See, and Jesus Christ predicted his own death and resurrection. Therefore, he is a true prophet. And Jesus, through his death and resurrection, demonstrates that he is the Son of God. And note, not he was the Son of God, he is because he is alive. And that power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is now working in you and me. Isn't that a fact that we need to marvel? But the reality is, this is true. This is just not something that will happen. This power is being released right now in each one of his children. This power, by way of review, this power will one day rise us up from the dead bodily as well as Christ was raised. This power has given us new life and a living hope. This power has removed judgment from us. He has given us Christ's standing of righteousness before God. This power has broken my slavery to sin. This power has empowered me to lead a holy life that can please God. This power has broken the power of Satan and death. I need no longer fear it. And this power has already seated me at the right hand of the throne of God with Christ. We are most blessed. 
See, we can live in this world victoriously because all that God has done for us in Christ. Let's praise him. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Let's embrace the power of the resurrection for each one of our lives. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Resurrection Sunday that allows us to look at what has all taken place because of the cross and the empty tomb. I pray, Father, this morning that you would empower us to understand that mighty power working in us. May we not take it for granted, but also may we not live as paupers, thinking we must beg for this power when it's already been given to us. Show us how to be wise stewards of what you've given us. And we pray this in Jesus' risen name. Amen.